And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Josh Thompson and I, John McCarthy, again for another rendition of Weighing In. You can catch us. On YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and a host of other podcasting platforms. We are here for you. We are glad that you are tuning in to listen to what we think about the world of MMA and what is going on. Keep on giving us the thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. All of that is important. We appreciate every one of you. If you want to be part of the weighing in team and get a t-shirt, we've got all kinds of t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com. Go to that, hit the weighing or type in weighing in. Look at that beautiful picture. It's got both Josh and I hit that sucker and four fantastic shirts will come up. Pick one of those and buy it and still, I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure. Our birthday is pretty much over for the month. We had a promo code. You can try the promo code of birthday for 20% off. I'm not sure in August if that's going to work since it's August 1st. But Joshua, what yes. is going on, my brother? I will tell you what's going on. There is a photo floating around of Hans <laughs> and Chael on a motorcycle. I love that. Dumb thing. and dumber, baby. Dumb and dumber oh, style. It looks is, amazing. <laughs> that is, dude, that photo. Says it all. Because it's so good. It's so first good. First off, Hans has got his hat on back. Hans is looking cool. Hans yeah. is there. And then there's my boy Chael. <laughs> I don't know. I, I so don't good. know. I don't know why he is on the. The only reason you can be on the back of another man's motorcycle. I hate to say it, but sitting bitch <laughs> is your wife is in the hospital. Uh, she's giving birth. I don't know something to that. And it's the only way that you can get there. Other than that, either walk, run, hitchhike. I don't care. You do not get on the back. And then that helmet that he's wearing, that is yeah. fantastic. You talk about dumb and dumber. That is an absolute picture that could be in that movie. Chill. So good. You, I don't know why you were on the back of that motorcycle, brother, but I'm sorry. You told me it was just bad. You told me earlier, you were saying, um, you've seen that before though, but it was with Matt Hughes and BJ. Penn. Oh dude. BJ Penn was on the back of a motorcycle with Matt Hughes. One time. Oh, I go, what in the world is BJ doing? Oh, you know, but Hey, that's uh, I I've been riding motorcycles since I was a kid and I've been riding street bikes since I was 16 and you know, I've had one my entire life. And you will never, ever see me on the back of another man's motorcycle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not going to happen. Uh, I could just see, I could just see <laughs> BJ on the back of Matt Hughes' motorcycle, probably in like his, in his slippers. <laughs> He's got board shorts on and like. I think they did. Dude, he did have board shorts yeah. on. I do think he had thongs on. I think he had flippers on. Slippers yeah, on. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, that's a great. We got to show that picture if we can. Yeah, Podcast yeah. Dave, try yeah. to pull that picture we'll, up. We'll edit. It's that. awesome. We'll put that picture in the in the have Dave put it in there. That's so right. funny though. That's great. <laughs> it's yeah. the look on the look on Shale's face because he's holding on. He's got that the look like 
I don't want to be here. Yeah. Which is exactly the way he should be thinking, but he's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's good though. It's funny. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Um, should we get into the news first or should we get into the fight card first? Uh, let's get into the fight card. Then we'll get, get into the news. All right. Let's get into the fight card. What'd you uh, think? Well, like you didn't know, and I don't know, but why was it three rounds? You, we, we both, neither one of us really know why they changed it. I, I do not know the official reason that they came up with, because normally a UFC main event, they, they want to put on a five-round fight. But this one's been known as three rounds for a little while. Interesting. I don't know why. That's interesting. Um, I thought, I mean, and I'm a good thing that he didn't need three rounds to get him out of there, but they it... Did. Yeah, you know the third round he's in the third round yeah i mean like i know i'm sorry he didn't need five i should have said he <laughs> didn't, didn't need five, five rounds there you go okay he didn't need five rounds to get him out of there um Derek looked good yeah controlled that's you know how many times have we talked about Derek brunson and just overextending out of control running forward trying to do damage he did it against whitaker he did it against a bunch of guys you look and go what are you doing yeah. and now that he's with Sanford MMA and they're getting a little bit into his head, more controlled, more focused, better as far as being a complete fighter. He did a good job with his takedowns, his little foot sweeps and everything that he was doing. Everything was not a whole lot of energy out of him, but it was mm -hmm. effective. It got the fight where he wanted. He landed elbows. Even when you know Edmund got back to his feet, he took some big shots, yeah. but he ate them well, you know, and just gathered himself, took a step back, came back at him very impressive performance and it was really the difference of the veteran fighter in Derek Brunson who's 36 years of age going against a young Edmund Shabazi and I, I've known Edmund for a long time he's a good fighter he's gonna be a really good fighter but sometimes those veterans have little tricks that you're not ready for you think you are you think you've learned them but when it's in the middle of the fight they pull you into these little things and you end up gassing because you're you're trying to work a little harder, trying to keep up with certain things. Certain things are catching you off guard. It's making you a little bit more reserved. And so you're you're pressing a little bit more. Even if you're not going forward, you're pressing as far as just trying to be cautious of everything, careful. It was a it, you know, still a good performance by Edmund, but you saw the difference of that veteran fighter who's been in that cage so many times and the young guy who was smoking everybody, but when he couldn't smoke someone, it was a little bit different story. So, Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. I saw the, in, I don't want to say inexperience, but it was, um, it was an experience. It, yeah, You're it right. Was, it was the inexperience of being in the main event and being yep. against someone who is, you know, um, fought the who's who in MMA. I mean, he's, and he's fought really such really good guys. But oh, he's been, everyone. He's been through the storm of everyone. Sometimes he's won, sometimes he's lost. You know, but he he's he's shaped himself now, like you said, with fighting a slower first round pace, not blowing himself out, and then like all of a sudden trying to like get his win the next two, three, four rounds. Like he he looked a lot more like a matured fighter tonight. Derek Brunson did. Shabazian needs he just needs more time. And what is he? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. He's a baby. Like, I mean, he is. he's a baby. You know, so it's like, it. when you come down to it, um, you know, I, I thought he looked good in the first round, but then Derek did. I think this is, I think this is really what the game plan was, was for them to 
cruise the first round, let see what Shabazian had, try to push him, press him, maybe press him against the fence, make him work, make him work. And then in the second round, pick it up a little bit, which he kind of did. And then the second round was just he ran away with it. The pressure of having to defend the takedowns. Um, and and Derek just has kind of a, a lull you to sleep type style like today, today was. Not normally, but today was like a lull you kind of to sleep a little bit. Lazy kicks, lazy, couple little lazy jabs, couple little lazy straight lefts. But then all of a sudden, boom, boom, explosiveness and a double leg lift you in the air and slam you on your head. You're like... All right, what happened? Like, what? How did I end up here a second ago? And there was a guy a long time ago that used to kind of do that to people. It was Hermes Franca? He would just lull you to sleep and lull you to sleep, and then big punches. And next thing you know, you're you're sitting, you know, face down, ass up on the canvas, you know. And so, but I that style I think is 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 probably going to end up working better for him because he just learns how to pace himself and use yeah. his explosiveness when he needs to. But I thought, yeah, definitely what what you saw is what I saw was the inexperience of Shabazian and, and fighting a top level guy and the little tricks of the trade that the veterans have. And he was able to use that. And it was just the pressure. It was the punch, punch, drop down on the legs. Couldn't get it. Make him work, make him work. Come up with elbows, back to punching, back down when Shabazian wanted to throw. You know, it, that kind of setups. I mean, those things, they drive young fighters crazy because they don't know what to do. You know, do I fight? Do I try and get off? Do I do? Do I start stuff to take down? What do I do? There's a lot of things that go through their mind during that time, and the whole time, they're getting tired. Yep. Well, and also, it's that there's an added pressure that comes with as you get into you're on the main card. Now you're the main event. You're the one carrying the show, and I think you saw that pressure actually get because there's no doubt that Shabazian's in condition. He's in shape. But he gassed. Oh, yeah. You know, and he gassed for, I think, for two reasons. Part of it was the pressure and the way that Derek Brunson was coming at him at times and making him carry his weight at times when they would get into the clinch. And I think the other part was it, it was just that next step. And, you know, you could describe what it's like to be the main event mm -hmm. when you're young that first time. You know, tell me there's not pressure. Yeah. There's a ton of pressure. And people just don't realize that you're, you're, you're in shape, but there's an adrenaline dump, and sometimes you'll get past it, and sometimes you won't. It'll yeah. just make you feel like you're exhausted. So yeah, I think Derek also is one of those guys that when he gets on top of you, he just I bet you he just feels real heavy. Yeah, Has I'm that sure. heavy hip pressure, heavy wrestling type pressure, just sag on you a little bit. He just I mean, the way his body is built, he looks like he's real thick around the trunk, got thick legs, and like I've just I've wrestled with guys like that and just it's always felt like oh you just can't get off the bottom it's you're that's what goes through your minds ugh. <laughs> it's like, every time Dave talks I just go ugh. it's like ugh. that it's like that feeling like oh this is it's like Dave you're having to listen to Dave talk ugh, the pressure but that was honestly <laughs> one of the most impressive yes performances by Derek Brunson I even. And look at he like you said he's fought the who's who mm -hmm. in the middleweight division you know he fought anderson silva fought whitaker fought yoel romero look he was beating yoel romero i was gonna a say lot of that fight i was gonna say you that know, a lot of that fight he was beating yoel so yeah he's been in there with all of the guys that have been in that division there's very few guys that were in the top of the division that he didn't get to fight yeah but you know he he was doing things at times you looked and you go, man, you're, you're just taking too many chances. You're, you're extending 
you're you're giving openings. He didn't really do that at all yeah. in this fight. Very composed, just an outstanding performance. Really impressive at now the age of 36. He's learning more. Yeah. And he's becoming a better fighter. Yeah, yeah. He's been around for a while too. Cause I remember he was, Long time. He was in Strike Force when, yeah. when I was there at the same time. So yeah, a lot of these guys look look Bobby Green tonight too. Same thing. Bobby Green looked good. Bobby Green looked really good. Bobby Green looked good. Yeah. I mean, I saw I saw his last fight against Clay Guida. I watched, and I was like, "Yeah, you look, you know, you're good. You feel like you've he's coming to his own, you know." And he has. I mean, he has been. Um, you know, he just never really. I think he's been on the the bad uh, bad end of some decisions, you know. And yeah. he's just one of those fighters. I think what happens is the whole talking to the fighter sometimes can work for you when in the judge's eyes and then talking to the fighter i think sometimes can work against you in the judge's eyes because it depends on which judges you get if you're like oh that didn't land the judge is probably thinking to myself that shit landed <laughs> that's oh, yeah. that shit hurt you <laughs> i can guarantee you man if if your opponent throws a shot and it touches you mm -hmm. and then you start talking like that didn't hurt you start shaking your head mm -hmm. the judge is going yep that's why you're acknowledging it yeah. it hurt you know, you can't do it. You, you know, this is, there's things that you, you've got to get past. Yeah. And you don't have to tell, you know, your opponent, oh, that didn't hurt. Yeah. Just throw a punch back and punch him in the face. That's your way of saying that didn't yeah. hurt. He so. did that a little bit tonight, but he was on the upper end of landing this stuff. Sorry. Oh, he was way ahead. And I, I love, you know, I love Lando. He is yeah. just, he's talented, man. He's, he's so fluid in transitioning from one element to the next it just was he was getting hit with the way heavier shots throughout yeah. the fight and it just started to take a toll and slow him down some but he was in it the whole time and yeah. he's a good fighter i love watching him fight he's fun yeah. to watch fight and i'm like i love watching bobby green fight also i mean like he hasn't got a whole lot of recognition as of uh recently until these last two fights i mean like he's good man he's fun he's action-packed he never stops um he's just he's just fun he's fun to watch him fight and to be thinking like you know it's been years and years he's been doing this and uh he's getting better and better he's getting better i enjoy i enjoy watching him fight i mean he's it's a big step up i think for him not a step up in competition but i'm saying a step the next step for him would be like getting into that next echelon of guys you know for him to fight i think one of the big things that was a big step up for bobby mm -hmm. is he's fighting yeah, he's not. You know, he, his career, man, he, he's got a lot of holes in it where he wasn't fighting. Yeah, you know, and some of it's due to injury stuff. And he even said he goes, he had a, he broke his hand. You know, I guess and then still took this fight. But yeah. you've got to fight, man. You got to be out there. You got to have people seeing you and stuff. And when he's fighting, he's fun to watch. He's good. You know, he always comes to. You know, kind of reminds me of a smaller version of Mo Law. Molawal, you know, just the way they kind of go mm -hmm. through things, the, the motions, the way they do things, keeping their hands down sometimes when you're going, put your hands up, God mm -hmm. dang it. But, uh, I, I really enjoy but I've, I've watched Bobby since the beginning of his career. In fact, one of Bobby's, I think it was either his first or second fight was against a guy that was fighting uh, out of my gym and uh, went, didn't know who Bobby was and Man, he tore my guy up <laughs> in three rounds, man. And it was like he was all over him. He was, man, yeah. he was just 
It was like peanut butter stuck to toast, man. You were not getting him off. And back then, he was wrestling a lot. wasn't wasn't punching a lot, but we saw it in him. Then we said, man, that, that kid's gonna be good. It's tough. Yeah, he I, he went through a couple phases where he was bouncing. He was trying to find gyms and homes and stuff because he was supposed to come yeah. to AKA right before I fought him. I fought him. Um, it was funny because like three weeks before, I was supposed to fight Michael Johnson, and three weeks before, DC's like, hey, do you mind if? if Bobby Green comes to train, he's like, you know, you guys are in the same weight class. I was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't care. And then Michael Johnson pulled out of the fight and he was supposed to come and he was like trying to get his stuff all together to come. He's like, yeah, I'll be there, you know, try and get there. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, Bobby's going to, you're going to be fighting Bobby. Cause Michael pulled out. I was like, DC, really? This is what it's come down to. Come on, bro. DC setting you up, man. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's good. He's talented. He, he seems a lot faster now. Like speed wise, he seems faster. When I fought him, he didn't seem fast. He's fast. Like he, I see oh, he's his. Fast. He's fast. Uh, he's got good quick movements. You know. Um. He even though his hands are down, he he he's pretty a pretty good defensive fighter. He does make sure that his hands are up. Like he's blocking. Um. He does a good job. I, I, I honestly, I'm excited to see him grow. I want to see where he goes. You know. I mean, I want to see him be more on the main stage. Cause he is fun to watch. I mean, I'm intrigued now after his last two fights on just, I thought he did really well against clay. And then I thought he had a dominant performance tonight. And, uh, I think if he, like you said, if he stays active, you know, I, I think it's going to be Scott. I think, I think he's got a good chance to make it into that top 10, top five, whatever it is, you know, get in there. So I'll make a little run, you know, I'm excited to good. see him fight again. Yeah, um, me too. let's talk about the failures of the Scottish people. And, um, sorry, Dave. And D Dave is one of them failures, but I mean, let's go on to, no, I feel, I, I feel really bad. Cause I actually had her, I thought she was one of the fight up until that moment. It was well, close. It wasn't a lot. You know, it's hard to say who's yeah. actually winning that fight at that time, but she was competitive in the fight. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that Collarwood wanted to go to the ground with yeah. Maya. She took her down. That was her takedown. You know, and, and it was like she's had she's had some success on the ground against some other ladies, but you're looking and you're going, hey, Maya's good on the ground. She's got, you know, serious skills down there. So you better be able to block what she does and start beating her up on the ground. You're probably not going to submit her, so you've got to do damage from the top position. So, you know, it was, in my opinion, a tactical error. Yeah. One that you know, she should have tried to keep it on the feet, but you know, then again, I don't know what she's feeling with the, uh, you know, the punching power of Jennifer and stuff. I didn't think that anything really hurt uh, Joanna, but JoJo, you know, she's a good fighter. She just sometimes she's got that she makes a technical error in the fight and leads to her downfall. And this one did. It was a a beautifully executed armbar. You know, she tried to defend it. You saw what she did, but as soon as she brought the knee up on the face, which is great, but you, it, that helps when you have a balance point like the fence mm -hmm. keep you from rolling over. And as soon as you saw her release her hand and put her other hand down to the mat yeah. to try to post, it was like, oh, that's not a good thing right there. And that's you know, that was basically close to the end of the fight. Yeah, she had a chance, though, too, to drive her head up over Maya's leg and drive yeah. her back over the leg as well to trap that arm so the armbar would have been non-existent and she didn't i don't know what she did i'm trying to remember back she had had her hands locked 
and yep. had had the elbow over the thigh. And so all she had to do was like kind of drive her head up and over the bo- yeah over the leg and trap the leg between her body and the ground. But she wanted to maintain position on top of her with pressure. Yeah, but she didn't. Yeah, I know. It's just one of those things. I just uh, it's one of those fights. I mean, Dave here was heartbroken. You know, he was went home specifically to watch that fight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fights like that it happens. You know, I mean, not just that fights like that. I'm seeing just general. Sometimes it, brain farts happen. You made a mistake, and well, I, I will tell you the one thing that I really like. I said that you know she's made some technical errors in the past. That was that was way in the past. Mm-hmm. Ever since she's been training at Syndicate with John Wood, mm-hmm. I thought she's been a much better fighter, and, he, and has gotten to the point where she was going to get the title shot. Yeah. So this is the first time since she's been training at Syndicate and having John as her trainer. This is the first time I've seen her slip back into that technical mistake that leads to her downfall. But, you know, it can happen to anyone. It's easy for me to sit here and nitpick. She was going for it. You got to give her credit. She was, you know, trying to take the fight to Jennifer. It was just, you know, a mistake that led to the the point where checkmate. I just, here's the only thing. I really, like, when you're talking about this division, because they're all in Shevchenko's division, I don't think it really matters. It doesn't matter. Like we're just, just telling you now. Yeah, I, she's she is head and shoulders right uh, now, above uh, everyone. That doesn't mean that won't change, but no. at this moment, she is way ahead of everybody else in that weight class. Yeah, it's that, not that even, they have. It's not even close. It's, no. and that's she's that, phenomenal. Yeah, that's sad too because it's like I'd like to see her get a little bit of competition, but I feel like the only competition she has is in the weight class above. But I mean, I think I think she could be if Amanda Nunes wasn't there anymore. She'd be the champion of that way. She'd be the also. champion of the bantamweights. And yep. the bantamweights, yeah. So yep. I agree. She is nasty good. Oh, <laughs> I dude, I can't even talk. You, you talk so about technically and, and the you know coming from that stri- striking background that she has, yeah. man. Now you can tell that first off, she's smart and she's athletic because her ground game is freaking good, dude. Mm-hmm. She dominates people on the ground she's so technically good in the stand-up i don't see anybody that they have that can stay with her in a five-round fight in in the flyweight division does it kind of make it interesting though since yoana does even though yoana has lost to her that it would make it be kind of interesting to see whaley zhang fight her oh yeah to see whaley and shevchenko fight at 125 but i mean but i I don't I'm not think saying she would win. win that fight. I don't say she's going to win, but I mean, it does. Because Joanna be is, Joanna's speed, and she's got power. I'm not saying she doesn't. Little <laughs> John, a little hesitant <laughs> to say. say that she has, but she's got some crack. I think she has some crack. But Whaley's got some crack. She's got some power. Yeah. And she's kind of that bulldog. She'll just walk you down and try to put pressure. She's not going to do that to Shevchenko, but. Shevchenko will pick her Apart. But if Shev, if she gets hit by her, if Whaley hits Shevchenko, there could make interest. It could be interesting. Absolutely to, not. Yeah, you're not a bully. Come on, Shevchenko. Well, let's look. I'm let's really be just Shev, fucking Shevchenko. <laughs> Shevchenko has gone eight rounds with Amanda Nunez, who will I, who I will say, hey, she she's got some pop. Yeah, you know, Amanda Nunez and Amanda just just a little never got rid of her. Just a little yeah, bit just of pop. A little. So yeah, just a little bit of pot. As I like to say, she's got dogs in those hands. <laughs> she's nasty. 
But I mean, look, I'm really just honestly, I'm just trying to give her someone to fight, you guys. Because <laughs> there's, there's, I think Whaley Zhang would do. I think she'd probably end up being the number one or number two contender if she went to 125. Oh, I agree. I'd like to see her fight you. someone like Jessica I or somebody in that category there, you know, in that in Calderwood era. You know, I mean, it would be, it would be fun to see. I think that 125, uh, that 115 pound division is is good, and. Oh, just Shevchenko's got no one to fight, man. That sucks. I think it's going to be interesting. To, I'm not sure they're going to put it together. Hopefully they do, but Rose against Wei Li. Mm. Come on, that's a fun fight. That's yeah. a fun fight. I heard you know, that's a, that's they're a gonna tough do fight. It. They should. But then we got to wait for her. She's not here, right, in the States. She's trains over no, there. No, she's in China. She's in China, so... I don't know. I mean, how long do you hold out and until you strip her though? If she can't come over, oh man, you can't. You see, no, but if she can't come for over a year, what okay, do you do? Fine, do do your little intern thing. Okay, but you cannot strip somebody of a title when it's not their fault that they can't fight. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I don't agree with you on that. She can't go to Fight Island. <clears throat> she maybe could go to Fight Island. Yeah, she might know. go to Fight Island. I don't know. I mean. You know, know, it's a little bit. It's a little bit difficult when you're looking at the entire thing. <clears throat> I'm sure she, they could get her to fight Island, but she does live in a, you know, different place in China. That maybe you know, if China's wanting to lock everyone down, it's different getting locked yeah. down in China than it is in other places. Not so. really, not that much from here anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's kind of the same. We're figuring it out. All right. Um, what else? What are the fights were on there? Hey, you know who impressed oh, me? Oh, Vicente Luque. Yeah. Come on. Good. I love watching him fight. Yeah, yeah. He is so in his space. And he, for him, I'm going to say a guy that looks like you, good looking guy, but he's willing to take shots to the face. I'm glad you could To give it. his yeah. shots. He's I'm not, not like you pulling his head okay. out, man. No, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> no, no. No, man. I love the fact he, dude, he will step in. He knows he's going to take a shot, but I'm going to take a shot to deliver mine. And he's so technically sound in the way that he tracks people down, the way that he moves his body in to counter shots. I mean, I just love watching him. He's tight. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, he Wait, fought, what are you yawning for? Are you I, yawning, you, you can't been, be yawning over his performance. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not yawning over his performance. I got up really early the last couple of days. <laughs> I've been doing two-a-day workouts. Trying to get myself back into shape. The quarantine body's just not coming back as fast as it used to. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's not it's, only the quarantine body, it's the 43-year-old. Yeah, it's old, man. It's it's hard. It's or hard. is it 53? I'm sorry. It's getting close. 50 it's getting okay, close. 50's thought. getting closer and closer. Just wanted, just wanted to make sure. Well, at 75, I have a memory problem. Yes, I notice things. <laughs> I notice these things. <laughs> I, I always tell the whole production team I gotta keep carrying John because he forgets everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> everything. Can't remember um, a damn thing. Yeah. So Randy Brown, like the, the guy he fought, yeah. long, lanky, Anderson style, you know, like body style. Yep. Doesn't fight like Anderson at all. But I'm saying like, um, I expect, I think when you're fighting a guy who's shorter, you got to use the length to your advantage. The guys that are if tall like can. that, it drives me crazy when they crouch down to their opponent's level. And it's like, okay, you just took away one of your benefits. Okay. One of your advantages. And then you don't, he was trying to use the jab and he was getting kicked with a leg kick. Well, you switch stance. You need to start using that push kick. I think those those long guys got to take advice from the other long guys that they that you see fighting. John Jones uses that side kick to the leg. John, you know, like that push kick to the body. 
start using those weapons because that'll start nullifying the leg kicks. That'll start nullifying like other person's big power shots. I, I don't understand. It didn't seem like he really had a game plan to get past the leg kicks once they started. And now with the calf kick being so uh prominent in our game like in the mma game i think people are gonna have to start making adjustments on how they how they do this because that long wanky those long wanky legs i mean it's gonna be hard to start checking those those calf kicks there's really no way of checking them properly it's you hope you get it turned out fast enough well, you're definitely not going to check it properly when you are based out yeah worried about a takedown because you can't move it yeah so you, you've got to either figure okay I, i've got to do certain things to get myself in a position where I don't have to splay my legs out in that fashion. So start working on, if you're worried about getting taken down, then start working on your wrestling defense as far as pummeling and everything. It's just, you can't leave your leg out there. When you know a guy's going to attack it, you're going to leave it out there anyways. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it. You got You got to switch things up because that, that low calf kick, it is as you, it's prevalent. Yep. It is everywhere now and everyone's doing it. You don't see guys really taking a lot of damage to the thigh no. like you used to. It's gone. Nope. The Jose you know, every Aldo. now and then. Uh, yeah, the Jose Aldo, Uriah the Pat Faber, Ferries. Yeah, those that's all you know, gone. Gone. It, everyone, it's, it's more it's easier, quicker, simpler to utilize that low calf kick than it is that kick to the thigh and it's more effective let yep and there's less chance of them catching your leg if you kick like mid calf or lower and, then, and we've seen the drop the drop foot happen a couple times to certain guys you know it happened to chandler happened to a couple other guys i can't recall so hudo so you know um somebody it happened to one of the guys that we just had on the last bellator show it happened for yep. a couple times um he's he had a drop foot but then it recovered yep. you know um things like it happen. i mean so those are things with leg kicks sure they can't stand but it's gonna take five or six maybe even more than that you know um not all the time but it's it's gonna you know guy, well guys have learned to condition their thighs you know your yeah. calf is something like i don't know if you can condition that because it's just bone it really there's is like a, no there's not a whole lot of muscle yeah on it. there's a little bit of muscle and there's bone and just ugh. i mean i would i was practicing that before i fought patriki because i knew he had like kind of like skinny calves and so I was like, all right, this is cool. I, I'm going to just kick the calf, kick the calf. I was training with Thomas DeAnge and a bunch of other good like kickboxers and boxers. And they were like, after three or four, they're like, yeah, yeah, don't kick me there anymore. You know, like they had to turn their shin guard out because they're like, don't kick me there. They'd switch their stances. I'm like, all right, this shit's going to work. This shit's going to work. And then Patricky hits you and it's all over. <laughs> it's fucking, you're like, damn, shit didn't work. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just one of those. It's the sport's going to keep evolving, you know, like you said, for yeah. years, for years, guys used to put, you know, try to avoid being taken down against the fence. And now guys put their back to the fence to get back up. So there's a bunch of different th ways on how this game has evolved. You know, for a while, Anderson Silva's up kick to the face was was pretty, uh, you know, active in the sport. You know, Machida does did it a couple of times. Anderson, you know, he's done it. Like there's just things that evolve and like people start using those type of kicks and different types of martial arts to to make the game evolve. And this is something that I swear the first time I've ever seen that calf kick was from George Masvidal. And Masvidal to me was using it in strike force years, years and years ago. And he was having a lot of success with it. He didn't use it as much as he probably could have now the way you guys are using it now. But he was just sweeping people right off their feet with that thing, you know, and uh, it was good. It was effective then, and it's still effective now. I think it's changing the game. It really has. Oh, it's definitely you know. changed things up. You, it's a, 
it's effective. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of people look at it and they go, Oh, you know, that's not that really, I really don't like when they do it. Like, yeah, you don't like what they do it because it doesn't look like anything, but man, you're seeing guys get their legs chopped out from underneath them to the point they can't stand up. Well, you take someone's base away, they're done as a fighter. So it's effective and it's going to continue on in the sport until someone figures out a good way to make someone pay for utilizing that kick and it's going to be a while before someone does let me ask you this like how do you feel about that the front thigh kick or to the knee like the john jones that you know the jackson winkle john the oblique yeah that yeah but it's really to the knee let's be real yeah it's really to the knee and now you have darren till from the late from the from that happening to him i guess he tore his knee he'll be out for a year we won't see I mean him. the same way that he did it when he fought stephen thompson i don't know did he do that yeah, Stephen Thompson had the same thing for fighting Darren Till when that happened. So same as Whitaker, who did it to Till, had that problem when he fought Yoel Romero the first time. Interesting. I mean, like you're just you're taking these guys, these guys' careers, and making them shorter. Like, ah, okay. All right. Safety. Here's the difference. No, stop. All right. Okay. Man. All right. Well, let me let me just. I'm gonna. I'll base this on fact. <clears throat> Is that leg kick? Is there a possibility of someone damaging a knee based upon that kick? Yes, no doubt about it. Okay. Is there a possibility of me damaging your brain by kicking or punching you in the face? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, which is more dangerous? Maybe, maybe not this brain, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is where people lose it when they sit there and they go, oh, that you know that's that should be illegal. No, that is a technique. It's a viable technique. You see it done all the time, and it, I mean, you can go back to UFC one. Mm -hmm. That technique was used. It was used by Hoist because he used to do it all the time. When I trained with him, he used to do it to me all the time, and, and I figured out pretty quick what to do to stop the effectiveness of it, but. When you look and you say, we're going to take away that kick. All right. Is that, is that kick more dangerous than me heel kicking you to the head? No, it's not. Okay. The heel kick to the head is way more dangerous, but we're going to allow that and say no to this kick to the leg. I it think, just doesn't make sense when you're I talking think, about what is dangerous to the fighter what's dangerous to their health, what's more dangerous to their health, it doesn't make sense to say, oh, that is what I'm going to make illegal. That's part of the problem when we have things like, oh, no downward elbow strike. Oh, my God, it's so dangerous. No, it's not. Mm. But it's a stupid rule because it protects very little. There are more dangerous techniques that we allow, but we're going to say that that's the one that we're going to say is a foul. I guess for me, I mean, I feel like you're just, you're stuck in the fifties with the refing and judging, which is why you're this way with the rules system. Like for me, I want to evolve. I want to evolve like kind of how the NFL has kind of evolved a little bit on how safety of hitting the people in the head when they're not looking or they have Taekwondo tournaments. You, know, you can, you I mean, can enter just, any one of them I'm, you want. I'm just simply saying that I think for the longevity of making sure we don't lose top talented fighters, to a knee injury for a year, you know, maybe longer, maybe not. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, so you're not you're not worried about losing that top talented fighter to uh, concussion, but
but you're worried about losing them to the knee. Yeah, because there's no real way to defend that knee strike. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did you really just say that? Yeah, it's not really like, you know, it's not one of those. There's really no way to defend me punching you in the head. There's really no way for you to defend me kicking you to the head. There's really no way for you to defend me kneeing you to the head. Not really. <laughs> no, my point is, is that it's it's a strike that, look, I would hate for someone like, look, if I kicked you in the head in a, in the fight game, if I kicked you in the head and I knocked you out, crowd would go crazy. It's for, sure. the, it's for the fans. If I kick you in the knee and you drop and the fight's over and was like, oh, that kind of sucks. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of the way. I, which one sucks more for me? Who are you? Are you the one that got dropped by the knee or the, the I got dropped kick? by both, man. I got dropped <laughs> by both. So which one sucks more for me? Well, it depends. Which one sucks with no, which one sucks more for my health? Which one sucks more for my longevity? Well, I mean, like for for you, there's not a whole lot between the ears. So we're, just, we're not really doing a whole lot of damage. Not no. all that. Okay, Same that with me. Same with true, me. But you know, it, it's it's a, you cannot sit there and say that oh, that's more dangerous than what we allow. And look at fighting is dangerous. We know that. You know, we don't, I don't. I've never sat there and lied about it. You know what? Getting in a fight, no matter if it's mixed martial arts or boxing, hey, you're taking a risk. Every time that you stepped into that cage or into a ring, you were taking a risk, but you knew about it. To sit there and say, oh, I didn't know no, I, understand I could that. be hurt. Yeah. Come on. You know you can be hurt. I'm just, I guess I'm, what I'm doing is I'm going through this, and I'm like, I just, I would hate to see a fight end by that because it's not very. How many uh, have you seen end by it? Hmm. There you go. I think there's been a couple, hasn't there? Really? Name it. Come on. Hmm. Putting you on know. the spot now. Yeah, exactly. I can name one. Okay, go ahead. Name one. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. <laughs> Come that's on, name one. No, I don't want to. Jerk. But that's the whole point is it It doesn't. Yeah, we have had guys that later on we go, oh, I, I had to have a, I got a meniscus tear for it from it. I got an MCL uh, injury yeah. from it. Okay. You might have had that injury before, too. I'm not saying yeah. you did. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. But we don't have fights stopped off of that technique. Why don't we have kneeing to the head on the ground? Uh, we don't know. have that. We used to. You know, we oh, used know, to. In the UFC, we used to do it. Well, Pride did it, too. And <laughs> Pride did it. And when we did the unified rules, it was... Man, it was a it was a battle as far as what was going to take precedence and stuff. And one of the things that they just they you know they watched Mark Coleman. You watch Mark Coleman uh, with knees against uh, you know, certain guys on the ground, and they said, "Oh, we can't have that." But the the real fight that did it, and there was a doctor. His name is Dom Coletta, and there was a fight be between a guy named Brad Gabriel and Gan McGee. Brad Gable, six foot one, about 210, maybe 15 pounds. Gam McGee at the time, six foot 11. Yeah. And at the time that he fought Brad, he was about 330, 325 pounds. Big guy. Big dude. And Gam McGee gets into a north south with Brad Gabriel and he starts bringing his leg up, you know, about six feet into the air and then slamming it down into Brad Gabriel. And that was the very first show that was ever done in the state of New Jersey 
And with that fight, we got several rules. One was no knees to the head of a grounded fighter based upon that one fight. The doctor, the ringside physician, and the guy who was in charge of the athletic commission at the time, uh, Larry Hazard, he said, oh, no, we're not allowing that. Not going to allow it. I saw that. I'm not going to allow it. And there was just no way to fight through it. So that became one of the rules. And it's never going to change. I'm telling you right now. A lot of people sit there and say, oh, we need to bring it. It will never change. You will never get that as a legal technique in MMA in North America. Not going to happen. That's so strange to me. Yeah, I think it would make the fights more fun. <laughs> well, it, it, look, it's going to open. Everything opens. Anytime you yeah. have more techniques, you open up the fight more because you can't stay in positions that, you know, protect you because of a rule. They don't protect you because of your skill. You know, you, we, you can look and, you know, go to Ryzen, who still uses in certain fights the old pride rules, and they allow knees to the head of a yeah. grounded fighter. And the fighter... Fighters don't have a problem with it. They learn how to deal with it, but you need to understand, hey, I can be hit here, so I can't put myself in the same situations or the same positions based upon that technique being allowed in that promotion. Yeah, I don't know if I agree that with that fully. I feel like there's a lot more action and movement when you take elbows away on the ground. because it Absolutely creates, not. It creates Less. more space. Nope. It creates more space to sit up no. and punch. It's nice to say, but it's just not a true fact. How is that? Uh, uh, okay, because again, you're taking away a technique that I can use to do damage to you mm -hmm. in positions. And so now you can grab wrist and I can you know, take you to certain fights where a guy will grab wrist and you'll have a fighter that can't get his wrist free. And instead of just taking and rolling his arm over and taking and wham, hitting him with an elbow as he rolls it through, now he's stuck where he can't do anything to, to fight. Uriah Faber fought Mike Brown twice. Uriah Faber lost both of those fights. And in the second fight, he actually broke both hands. Yeah, I remember that. In that fight. But he was still in the fight throwing elbow mm. at times. Now, not so much on the ground as much as, you know, he would have liked because he couldn't get Mike down. But go back to Mike Kyle against Bigfoot Silva. Mm -hmm. Mike Kyle hits Big, Bigfoot Silva with a huge right hand and breaks his hand when he does it. Puts him down, right? And then jumps on top of him and starts hammer fisting him with his left hand and breaks his other hand. And ends up getting put into guard because I was a referee. I didn't stop the fight. It gets put into guard and he starts headbutting Bigfoot into the chest with his head. And I said, stop using your head as a striking instrument, Mike. You can't do that. And he goes, John, what do you want me to do? I broke both of my hands. I don't know what to do because he couldn't elbow either. Strike force had no elbows. Strike force had no elbows. So ground. anytime you're taking away techniques, you're taking away the ability for offense to be done yeah i never thought about in terms of like if guys if the guys had broken both their hands what do they do on the ground <laughs> i never thought about it that way that's true i always looked at it i felt like strike force the reason why they had such good fights was because when they did get to top position they had to create more space to throw more punches on the ground so that gave the person on bottom a better opportunity to get back to his feet that's what it did yeah that exactly what you're saying yeah it made someone when they wanted to hit with power 
They had to create space. They had to posture. Mm-hmm. They had to try to give space. And when you give space, you know, <clears throat> tight closeness equals control. Space yeah. equals escape. You're giving someone that ability to possibly get away from you in that position. And that can open the fights if the person is going to try to land a shot with power. Yeah. But that didn't always happen. <clears throat> Yeah, I just I felt like it was uh, the fights were a lot more entertaining on the ground than at the time with the UFC because the UFC the that was during that era of Sean Shirk of just yeah. holding people down and elbow short elbows. A couple other guys were doing it as well. Hughes went through a phase with that as well. You know, like there was guys that just there wasn't a lot of action at the time because of the of the elbows. You know, um, just people would just hold and just go, uh, 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 you know, and just drop the yeah. tiny elbows. And it was like, and the UFC at the time was was getting murdered because these guys were champions. You have Shirk as a champion. You've got, you know, other guys that are champions. I think Joe Daddy used to do it as well. He was pretty good on the top position grappling wise. I mean, he would do the same thing, short little elbows, nasty ground and pounder. But at the time, these guys are pro- these guys are real uh, prominent fighters and, you know, champions. And their the fights end up being somewhat sometimes boring. And people continue to say like, oh, well, Strikeforce has the better fights because when it hits the ground, we also had it just to be honest, we also had a different canvas. The yep. canvas was a vinyl. And so guys, when they got sweaty, they would slide three feet, you know? So when a guy went and, <laughs> when a guy fell into someone's guard, it was hard for them to hold them down until they yeah. got them to the fence because the guy put his foot. If I put my feet like on, on your like hips, wrangling I, an earthworm. If I put my feet on your hips and kicked you away, I would slide probably four or five feet away from you and you would go back a foot or two. So I had a good six foot or seven foot away from you by just putting my feet on your hips and kicking you back. So I just enjoyed the I enjoyed the, the fact that during that time there was no elbow strikes. So there was a lot more action involved on the ground. There's a lot more submission attempts. There was because there was more space and more space means you're able to get back to your feet or you're able to. Um, you're able to attack more submissions, you know, with more space. So to me, that was always what I thought. But you you brought up a good point. I never would have thought about the the broke two broken hands. I never would have thought of that. It happens. Yeah, it does. It, it, obviously, it does. Poor, my, poor my Kyle. <laughs> oh, dude. Poor he my Kyle. It's one of those. He looks up at me. And he goes, "What do you want me to do?" I said, "Man, I don't know. I didn't know." <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. very seldom will I say I don't have an answer for something. I had no answer. Uh, Nothing Sorry. I can do. Let him up. Nope. Try yeah. and push oh. kick him. Uh, yep. Suck it up. Throw big punches with it. <laughs> no for the best. Hope you get him out of there. Um, There was a young kid on there. On, let me see if I can check the prelims here. His name, I think his last name was Martinez. He had a really yeah. nice fight. Martinez against Frankie Sainz? Yes. Yeah. He looked really good. Martinez looked he, really good. I felt bad for Frankie. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Martinez came in way overweight. That's what I heard. What, four pounds? Yeah, four and a half. That's a lot. Like, that's, like, yeah, like, you're a just lot. like oh, I that's got my weight down. You. The weight cutting issue is going to always be an issue. We just got to figure out where to, like, where to draw the line. You know, when yeah. when does the fighter, when does the the promotion say, hey, five pounds is too much because you're going to gain back, you know, fifteen or maybe even more. Five pounds. If you're overweight by five pounds, that's too much. One or two is, I think, that's kind of should be like the last two pounds is always the hardest. So understanding that you didn't make it by two pounds, I get it. You get into four, five, and six, it's almost like you didn't even fucking try. Oh, come on. Four, five, and six. We've had ones a lot more than no, that. No, I know this. I'm, what, what was the kid with Mohegan? He, 
like really good kickboxer you were talking about 11 pounds overweight oh, the, the, we've had more than that that was robin van rosbullen but we had one i think one i can't the, the most i've ever known was 27 pounds jesus <laughs> come on that's multiple weight classes that's awesome ryan couture was gonna fight in bellator and it was down in texas i want to say mcallen texas right near the border hidalgo and his opponent came in 17 pounds overweight and he was going to fight him. It was Bellator that said, no, that fight's off. We're not, we're, we'll, we're, we'll pay you. You're this guy's out. Yeah. It was, you know, come on 17 pounds. You know, you, what are you doing? You know, you're not trying, you're not being professional and you shouldn't be a professional fighter if that's what you're doing. Cause you're screwing over yep. somebody else who has trained hard to try to compete against you. So it's not funny. So I wanted to talk to you because you just talked about, you know, okay, this person's getting paid, this person, when do you call it off? There was the, God, what was the fight? It was the first, it was supposed to be the first fight on the main card. I can't remember their names. They oh, had, they were. The guy fainted in the back and knocked it. I say Trevin Giles? Giles versus, because uh, they, they took it off their, off the. Uh, yeah, that was against. Uh, tonight? Yeah, it was tonight. They took it off the thing. This Holland, Kevin here. Holland. Kevin Holland. Oh, so Holland versus Giles. Yeah. And then what Giles like passed out, getting ready to walk out yeah, to passed, the yeah, he out passed out. Does Holland still get paid his show money? Because he made weight. Yes. Okay. Just yes. wanted to make sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. ready to fight. Yeah. Now, the question will be, does Giles get it? And probably the UFC is going to pay him his money. Because it was well, it wasn't something that he did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was obviously something, you know within him but he didn't you know he didn't want to pass out and he's saying i will fight and it's now the medical staff yeah saying no you will not and there's reasons why they won't let you fight at that time and it's all understandable and it was exactly what i knew would happen when they said he passed out I go, that fight's off yeah but you know, <laughs> yeah, oh can't man um i want to run back to the main event in Shabazian and Bronson, did you think it? And look, and I'm not saying it was. I, actually, I think it was, and I'm not saying it was. But then I just turned around and said, I think it was. I think it was an early stoppage. But I do understand there was no absolutely reason for the, not. There was no reason for the fight to keep going. Absolutely not. Sorry, guys, we were having some technical difficulties, so we jumped back on, and uh, John and I were talking about the Shabazian uh, stoppage with Herb and, you know, and the difference between that and the Jai fight. Jai versus Trinaldo. Trinaldo, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, the, for me, I was only making a little bit of a comparison on the fact that I'm not trying to take a dig at Herb. It's just last week, he was getting criticized for it being stopped too late, and mainly by Dan Hardy. Uh, and this week, he's, uh, for me, I look like, it looked like he played a little bit safer. I understand why. There was Shabazzian was not going to do anything in the next, you know, two or three minutes or four minutes of the fight. So it was better for him to for him to stop the fight. And I agree with the stoppage. I'm in my mind, though, I'm thinking people at home are probably thinking he stopped this fight early because of last week and all the criticism he got throughout the week. I know refs don't really think that way because you don't think that way. So nope. you're like, yeah, I don't really give a shit. I, I can guarantee that Herb cares not what the fans are thinking. He's going to do what he believes is the right thing at the right time. And, you know, the, the whole thing with the Jai uh, Herbert fight, he was in that fight. He was actually winning that fight. 
when he got hit. Yeah. Okay. And so that has some play into when a referee is going to stop the fight. If you're in a fight where you are getting your ass handed to you and you go down in that fashion, the referee is kind of looking for a reason to get you out of the fight and he's going to get you out fast. But when you are actually winning the fight, they're going to try to give you as much rope as they can and the water start to flow over your head and let you drown a little to try to come back into it because guys do it all the time. Here's the thing that Dan Hardy's not thinking about that Herb has to deal with. Every referee has to deal with. It's easy to sit on the outside and say, stop the fight. Yeah. Because as soon as you say, stop the fight on the outside, and then the fighter swings around, grabs a leg, and he's in the fight, you go, oh. Maybe not. Okay, okay, let the fight go on. It didn't affect anything. Yeah. The referee, when he stops the fight, the fucking fight's over. Yeah. Okay. And if he makes a mistake in that, he's the one responsible. So he goes through certain mechanics that we call them that tells him, this is what I'm going to do since I've learned this over time. I have this situation and I see someone go down. When Herb saw Jai go down, he runs over there. The one thing that I will tell you, everyone's sitting there saying he was out. He was never out. All right. Never, never was out. Was he, as we would say, discombobulated? Yes. No doubt about it. He got hurt by that, that shot that, that hit him in the head. But if you look at his eye that you can see, you can see it looking straight up at his opponent. And his head is kind of turned, so he's got his eye looking up, and that's what Herb sees. And he pulls his leg up, and he's got his hands in this position. So is he in a position to defend himself? Yes. That's why Herb let it go. Now, there are people that will sit there and say, oh, well, he let him take four shots. I want you to see. Go back and watch. I'm not saying I'm that. I'm going to now because you got me okay. interested. No, please. Intrigued. Go back and. He took the shots. As soon as Herb stops the fight, for a guy that was knocked out and there were so much bad things, I want you to see how fast Jai turns and is on his knees getting up. That doesn't happen when guys are out. It doesn't happen when guys are seriously rocked. Okay, he got hurt and he was recovering and Herb was trying to see if he could make it through it. And then... That you had that instance where Trinaldo was not throwing, which was giving time to Jai to actually recover without bad things happening to him. So that helped him. But Herb then stops it. It's a choice. And it's a, it's a decision that Herb made. And I'm going to defend what Herb did because I've seen him do it too many times in the same fashion. And people haven't had a problem with it. Where the problem, where the problem occurred is not so much in Dan Hardy or Paul Felder commenting on the stoppage, not liking the stoppage. That's that's okay. That's their job. I don't have a problem with that. It's it's an opinion, and we all have opinions. All right, and most of them are you know same. We all have assholes. <laughs> we all have opinions. They all same thing. But it's where Dan lost it is he became emotionally involved in it, and he did go and started to talk with Herb. Now, mm. I'm not saying that was all his fault either, 
I'm sure Herb had a couple of words to say, Dan, and that just brought it forward on yeah. it. But you know, it's something that you can't have. I thought Dana came out just a couple of days ago and basically told his voice, don't do that. And he's right. It's the, it's the whole scenario. You're, you're going to have referees can't fight back. All right. Because as soon as you fight back, you're going to lose your job. Just telling. You. Yeah. Mark Goddard, did you see what just happened in Abu Dhabi? He was still in, you know, from oh, Fight Island. I saw did, that. Oh, did you see it? Yeah. Okay. What happened? Did you see Mark Goddard, who is, a, hey, look at Mark Goddard, is a righteous black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mark Goddard was a righteous MMA fighter. Mark Goddard can fight. Okay. I've been around Mark, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. The guy knows what he's doing, and he's got a 145 pound featherweight that he could pick up and drop on his fucking head if he wanted, okay? But he can't do that when the guy is grabbing and stuff. So he does what he should do. The guy did not let go of a chokehold. Yeah. He then puts his hands on Goddard when Goddard is separating him saying, hey, what, are you, what do you think you're doing? And he has a guy that just basically got a tap out and lost the fight because he DQ'd him. The exact thing that he should have done. Got it. Okay. This happens, you know, all the time. You know, fighters sometimes get in a position they they'll lose it a little bit. I think that kid lost it a little bit. You know, and it was it was immature. It was the wrong thing. And he's gonna pay the price by he he lost a fight that he actually won. That's yeah. That's but what's crazy. I don't get I don't, But I don't, the I don't referees the referees don't get to fight back. When Dominic Cruz says Keith Peterson smells like cigarettes and alcohol. How many times did you hear a response from Keith Peterson? How many responses did you hear? Yeah, none. Zero. Why? I, yeah, he's, I, I feel the same way, though, about her when he wrote his response. I'm like, why? There was no reason for him to respond to Dan Hardy, and he never mentioned nope. Dan by name. You're, you're, you're right. He shouldn't respond. I was just I'm like, just... what's the point? At that, you, we've had this conversation. Yes, we have about certain situations, like, dude. There's no point. Let it go. You know it's bullshit. Yeah, go. All right, and that's Herb should not have responded in that. But after a while, you get tired of it mm -hmm. because look, and this is where you know Dan Hardy. I love as a commentator. I think he's a great fight analysis. You know, I liked him when he was a fighter. I think he is super knowledgeable. I think he is passionate. And I love everything about him when it comes to that. But to, if for Dan to think that he can do Herb's job, he could do it on what we call an easy fight. It could be a great fight, but it's an easy fight because not bad things are happening. But as soon as he needs to make decisions and bad things are occurring in the fight, Dan's not going to know what to do. It doesn't matter that he's fought. You know, if I sit here and say, Josh, do me a favor. Just tell me what are the fouls in MMA? What are they? You're, you were a professional fighter for how many fights? Uh, a lot. Probably like close to 40-something. 40 40-some yeah. fights. So tell me what are the fouls in MMA? Well, there's no fish hooking, no eye gouging. <laughs> no, okay, you, no, got, you got two. No growing shots. You, no growing no shots, growing no shots, headbutts. Okay. No head, no head butts, okay, or no striking with the head of any kind, okay. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You're good. Uh, let's see. 
Did I already say no, no eye gouging, no pajamas? You already said no <laughs> Those are kind of the only ones I really know about, man. Okay. No, yeah, no biting, obviously. No, but, oh, no biting. No biting and no spitting is combined because it used to be two and now it's just one. So no is, biting, no spitting. Can you tickle? Yes, you can tickle. Right. I, get that, I get asked that <laughs> stupid fun. question all the time. I've always wondered. But you cannot. You, can't, you can tickle, but you cannot claw or pinch and twist the skin yeah. or flesh. You cannot grab the trachea. You can grab the neck as a whole, but you cannot grab yes. this part. No throat strikes or grabbing of the trachea. Yes. No uh, fingers outstretched towards the fighter's eyes. No pointed downward elbow strike. Uh, no spiking of your opponent. No strikes to the back of the head. No small joint manipulation. No holding onto the fence. No stopping of a grounded opponent. Do you, do you understand what's going on here? No kneeing or kicking of a grounded opponent. These are all things that I can sit here and name off every one of them. Boom, 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 boom. It's my world. Yeah. You work in that same world as the fighter, same as Dan Hardy does, and Dan Hardy can't name those off. I, uh, but Herb can because he has to work within them. And when it gets into the things that you are thinking about, we've already been there, done it, and know the answer. So it's just, you know. The, the hardest part for me, I think, as a fighter, and that would be for Dan and probably for a lot of other athletes as well, is to basically go in there and try and do things at speed. At fight speed as a referee, it just wouldn't be the uh, same. It wouldn't be the same. It's no different than like, when, hey, trying to catch a pass interference, you know, in the NFL as a referee, trying to run down the field with these guys that are running, you know, four twos <laughs> and four threes. And here yeah. you are at 40 and 30 you're, and 40 you're an years old. old. Yeah. Trying to chuck down the field. Yeah, you're trying to yeah. chuck down the field and catch up to these guys and see the, the yeah. foul and the penalty at, at game speed. It's just way different. I understand what you're getting at. I understand where you're going with this. All right. So you don't need to lead us all the way there because I'm going to bring us home. But I get it. I can't understand. But I do, I do understand Dan's passion for some, you know, for fighters being injured and hurt. With with um Herb, he should have he shouldn't have done his video. That was one. No. He should have just left it alone. I agree. Who cares? I agree. He should have left it. Dana's already brought up, you know, the fact that it can't happen anymore, won't happen again. You know, Good. and uh, I hope Dan still has his job. I didn't know. But I didn't what happened? What happens when? Because Dana said that, and I, I I totally appreciate the fact that he said it. Said, "Hey, no employee," and that that's including fighters. So what happens when one of his stars does it? I don't. What do you mean? Does what? That yells at a fight, like yells, like what? Who? Like, no, not yells. I, I think he'd be okay with a fighter yelling. What about puts his hands on the referee? What about kicks the referee? Yeah, I don't know. Didn't Connor do it to Goddard already? That was in Bellator, though, right? That oh, was in God. Bellator. That was, that was, that was Bellator. totally different situation. Yeah. But, but it's that type of situation. You can sit there and say, "All right, he made that statement, and I appreciate it." But I do know that if one of his stars does it. All of a sudden, he's not going to fire him on the spot. Just yeah. not going to happen. I, I hope I don't. He didn't. He didn't fire Dan, did he? No. no. In fact, he said from this point forward, and he goes. They said, "Have you talked to Dan Hardy?" Ben? He says, "I'm talking to him right now." Yeah. And I thought that was good. You know, it was hey, I'm talking. Bro, we can't have that again. And I think that was the right way of dealing with it. I believe he's right in saying, "Hey, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get rid of Dan Hardy for what was a passionate." Yeah, for caring move. about somebody else. But then when you look at his breakdown and his hour-long post, childish. I didn't Just see childish. it. it I didn't garbage. see it. Was it? It was hour-long? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, man. 
That sucks. I hate to see that. It was it was a breakdown of Herb Dean's fights. And look at has Herb made mistakes as a referee? Yes. Absolutely. Has he had some some fights where you go, he should have stopped that? Yes. Okay. All of us. Everyone. A referee is human. You're asking them to be perfect all the time. That's okay. You can ask that of them, but they're not going to attain that. It's not going to happen. They try, but they're going to make mistakes. They are human. As long as the mistake is within that realm of reasonableness, mm-hmm. you got to let it go. Yeah, you said this to me a while back, and we were talking about this, and I was like, oh, John knows so much. I was reading the comment section on YouTube. And like, John knows this. John knows that. And then, But you were right. What you said was, Josh, there's 15 fights on a card, and I'll ref like seven or eight of them or whatever, six or seven of them, right? You're fighting one fight. Like as a fighter, we're only on the card and we're only on there for one fight. There's 14 other fights. In some of the Bellator shows, there's 22 fights on a card. Yep. Like, and, and you're refereeing probably 10 or 11 of those. So you know you, you're dealing with the experience of being a ref for that, you know, for all these fights. You know the fighters also a lot better than we know them, even if we do train with them. You still probably know them better of what their tendencies are in the cage versus actually in training, which are different. The tendencies will yeah. be different. Um, all those things being said, I mean, it really just comes down to like, you're going to, with all the, the matches that you've done or all the matches that Herb's done, he's going to have fuck ups. Yeah. There's just no doubt about it. You're going to, um, you're going to have mistakes. And I I guess I I didn't see Dan's reply with the video. I I heard, I heard his first response, which was very classy the way he did it. I I had no response for the first thing he did. Yeah. No problem at all. I don't, I don't know. I didn't hear the second one. And I saw, I went through and I listened to Herb's response and I just, the whole time he was, it, it said that count came across a little childish also, like didn't, didn't mention his name, kind of like deflected and saying, I don't know who said it. I get it. <laughs> that that made it, that made it sound bad. I mean, like you, you yeah. kind of understand if you work those shows enough, you know, it's the same people, you know, their voices when they yell, you know, like you yes. have an idea. So oh, you you not only have an idea, you have a you have a knowledge. Yeah, you know exactly who that is. And so, it just that came across a little childish. Like didn't want to take responsibility. That kind of bogged me a little bit. But and then you guys come out and tell me that Dan came out with a reply that is not good. But I don't know. I'm always gonna I, honestly. I'm kind of always lean towards the side of the fighter. Just me. that's all right. <laughs> just me. It's all good. Uh, but this, I, it is it is when you know just like what you're saying. You know, Dan probably had. I don't know, maybe 35 to 40 professional fights. Yeah. You know, you got to figure how many times is, you know, what's the most you ever fought in a year? I want to say I fought six times in one year. That's, that's a lot, man. That's, you know, every other month, that's good. So Herb is, was right with me. We were the two busiest guys there were out there. And I would do between 105 to 115 shows, shows. A year okay you got to figure that's more than two a week all right wow. and some of those are eh, 10 fights some of those are 22 fights Jesus. on the one of those so w- the experience of doing things over and over you build a way of doing it and there's a reason behind it even if someone doesn't understand them. yeah so yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of nut shots tonight by the way boy i'll tell you man, it was, was a, a lot. lot of cup checks a lot Man. of them. 
I think Paul Felder was was counting. It was like eleven. He said that's that's crazy. That's, that's a lot. Crazy. A couple of them though landed on the side, and I know that it looked like it kind of hit the cup, and it did sound like it did. I think maybe it yeah. just grazed. But like when you go back and watch the video, it didn't look like it actually made contact. It just kind of hit off to the side. That's exactly what you said, and this is one of the things that people don't get. Referees here, the the one thing that you're seeing out of all the fights that are being done now with no crowds is you're actually getting to hear a lot of the things that you normally don't hear. Yeah. Okay, but as the referee, you're hearing all those things all the time. So and one of the things is you hear a cup get hit. You'll hear it. Sometimes you don't see it, mm -hmm. but you'll hear it because it makes a distinctive sound. Mm -hmm. And so that knowledge is why all of a sudden you'll say, how did he even see that? It's because he heard it. And so many times it doesn't look like something's hitting Matt Brown fought Robbie Lawler and I did that fight and Matt brings a front kick up and it was that the front kick is coming up and he does land it with his foot into Robbie's abdomen. But as it's coming up, it hits Robbie clearly in the cup. I mean, you could hear it, you know, Joe Rogan later, he says, Oh no, that's a good shot. You know, and all the people in the audience are like, Oh, boo. Right. No. He got hit in the groin by the foot as it's coming up. Happens, but you do hear things, and yeah. that's a lot of the knowledge that you uh, get. Um, all right, so let's let's uh let's jump on to Dana came out with talking about Khabib. He might be okay with it being GSP, his last fight. <laughs> you, mean, you know they announced the actual fight, don't you? <coughs> Getching Khabib is uh, October twenty yeah, fourth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. What I'm saying though is, but that he, he said that if Khabib beats Gaethje, yes, he would be open to Khabib versus GSP since that was, as he's saying it, the fight that His Khabib's dad. father always wanted. Yep. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. That I think Let me does hear that. I think it's a fucking fabulous fight. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're. If you're GSP who just said, no, nah, I'm retired, I'm done. I don't think he'd be done. I think he'd come back for that fight. He might. I think he would. I think I think they would they would line his pockets enough to where he'd I Oh, they're I, gonna have to. Yeah. And I also think I also think that it would be the biggest fight in combat sports history. I think no. I, I think it'll do I think it'll do close to five million views. Oh my God! Are yep. you kidding me? The reason being, I'm telling you, right? I mean, like, I really, honestly believe it'll do those kind of numbers. His star Man. power is. You're, hold it! When, when, stop! 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 Yeah. When you say five million, first off, there's already been six million. Oh, has there? Yeah. Oh, I, okay, okay. Then okay. So maybe it's not the biggest in combat. Then okay. Okay. I, I, okay. I thought the I, just I thought make sure. I thought the biggest was four and a half or almost five. No. no six Who was million. six? Pac Who was Pacquiao? Pacquiao and uh, Mayweather was. Right at six. Was it when you're going world, worldwide? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But I didn't know that. Are you, you're saying that worldwide pay per views would be somewhere around five million? I think so. I think they'll. I think Man. they'll. They'll break Mayweather, um, McGregor. So let's wow. just say what's that? Well, that was at four Bold point. What was that Josh four point two? That was four point yeah, two. Right in there, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll bring. I think they'll break that. I think they'll break that. I think also too because it depends on when it happens, but we'll still be kind of in this COVID moment, and I I, I feel like I mean we're I think it's gonna have to happen. I look, it's gonna have to happen before Ramadan next year. 
So it's going to happen within this next six to eight months. He's going to fight October. He'll fight again. He normally likes to fight sometime around October and November. And then he likes to fight again right after January, like February, March. So right before Ramadan, so then he's gone. Ramadan, so, he, so he can actually yes. not have to train and not eat. Yes. Yeah. So I, I really believe if they're going to do that fight, they're going to do it sometime within the next six months. And then that'll be it, man. We won't see him anymore. He'll be done. You think he, You think at 30, you know, that's it? 100%. If he, if he gets 30, you know. I interviewed him um, when I had Sammy in the Punk podcast. We had him on twice. And I talked to him, and I trained with him for years. And we've talked a lot. His life dream was for him to, for his dad's dream was for him to fight GSP. But mm -hmm. not just that, but he had, he had talked about and broke it all down about how his whole goal was to leave undefeated. That's one. Was to possibly fight at 170 and maybe win a title there. If that doesn't happen, that's fine. But he was to, to finish undefeated. But also was to leave right around the time Islam Makachev was to be champion. So he wants to, he wants Islam to have one more fight in the top five or six, and then he's gonna fight defend his title against Gaethje. On they're on the same card, by the way. So that fight will happen. He'll fight somebody. Islam will fight somebody probably in that top six, seven, eight range, and then they'll fight. Then he'll fight GSP, and probably Islam will be on that card again. And then he'll vacate and retire, and you'll see Islam in that top, that top echelon of guys to be. Well, he might not be vacating, about. baby. I think he will. He might not be vacating. What do you mean? GSP, GSP could beat him. Oh, that's true. But okay. GSP will vacate. <laughs> yes, GSP, he will. GSP will God vacate. He'll God vacate. Bless him, man. A guy that people don't remember fighting in MMA, Andre Gaval. Yeah. Okay. He fought in Strike Force. Yep. And you can take a look, and that, that's as good a, as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner as you will find. He He's all that. right. <laughs> <laughs> but as a, as, I think as a as an MMA fighter, probably like you know five or six and two. Mm -hmm. You know, he, I know he lost to Tyron Woodley in uh, in Strike Force, you know, due to punches. And I know he lost a decision to Jason Hyde, a mm. guy you would never think. Yeah, you know, but Jason had wrestling ability that kept him on his feet for a lot of the fight, you know. So, just because you got that BJJ world champion status, doesn't mean it's going to transfer yeah. over all the time. But yeah, it can. The other thing as well, he's good at he's good at no gi, but he's not as good at no gi as he is at gi. No gi is his thing. Yeah, we've seen him. Like, don't get me wrong, he's still good at no gi, but it's oh, yeah. different level also too when you're getting punched in the face. Like Ryan Gordon uh, is really good in no gi, not as good in gi. Still trains in a gi, but just not as he's just not as good in in the uh, no gi or in the gi position in the gi. Which uh, tells you what? Um, it doesn't really. Tell I always. Me I always I always look at it a certain way. What's that? Guys that are really good in the gi are technicians. Mm -hmm. Guys that are really good no gi are athletes. Better athletes usually in the no gi than the guys that are the champions in the gi. Because the gi is a slower game. It, technically, you have to be better at certain things because you have to be able to get past someone holding on to certain things that are actually yeah. not part of your body. But... I don't know, the no gi game now, better athletes. I just look at Buchecha and he is, he's enormous for the weight, but he only looks like, I mean, he only looks like he's probably like 300 pounds, but he's not. He's probably no. walks around about 235, 240. Mm, yeah, if that. You know, if that, but he, 
like he's been training here with uh dc at dc's house at gym or dc's garage or house whatever where he's been doing his camp at i gotta tell you man he is huge compared to dc <laughs> huge and so when you're, everyone's huge compared to dc in height i agree but i mean like physically just as a big big guy i mean we've seen some guys that are just big. mark kerr big guy you know like there's guys that are just big in mark stature. kerr was a monster yes <laughs> you know what i mean so you have guys that are just big in stature and he's one of those guys athletically he's he's good i've trained and rolled with him a couple times i mean I, he but he is he is an athlete i mean he's nice oh, i'm I don't not know. saying he's not yeah. I'm saying usually the better athletes are the no gi guys. Yeah, where the the gi guys better technicians usually. Got it. I don't know. Well, anyways, it'll be nice to see what what he ends how he ends up going over there. I, I'm hoping they build them a little bit. They don't throw them to the wolves, you know. After like two or three fights, I hope they build them, you know, four or five fights. They've been doing that with Gary Tonin. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So they but have. The, the, there comes that point where you, you know you got to swim. Yeah, that's true. They got. They also signed Yuri Simone. Yeah. Uh, they signed him. They signed Buchecha. Now they've got, you know, like you said, they got Gary Tona. They've got. I mean, I I can see them trying to lean towards that way and not just making it all about the the Muay Thai guys. So I'm interested to see what 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 they do. I, I'm. I mean, they have a show coming up. I think I don't know if it's this weekend or if it is this weekend or next weekend, but they have a show coming up as well. So we'll see. Who we knows? will. All right, guys. Hey, sorry about we had some technical difficulties. I don't know how it's going to all play out on the uh, on the edits and the cuts, you know, if Dave does his job. So our man podcast, <laughs> Dave, will be busy putting yes. this one together. Yes, since he we will. Have a lot of malfunctions. Yeah, I think one of the but, HDMI cables is bad. So we got to figure that out and get it sorted out. So at, le at least hopefully you won't be like the still picture or I won't be the still <laughs> picture for this one. I'm actually talking to somebody instead of this smiling. Yeah, we'll, Josh Thompson. Well, man. we won't know until the edits and cuts are done whether I'm still or not. <laughs> but even if we, even if I am still, we got a lot. We got a lot of uh, a lot of people were actually happy with the fact that I was still <laughs> from last week. <laughs> so, all right. Well, hey, I'll see you on two. When do you get in? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. All right, I'll see you Tuesday night. I land at like eleven, I think, at night. Or I land at ten thirty, but I won't get to the hotel until. Uh, Remember the plan. Yes. Remember the plan. Get you don't remember it. No, I don't. Get the food and oh, and geez. go to the room. Oh yeah, you're gonna okay. get beer. You're gonna get beers for us. Hey, beer yes. and pizza, man. Come on, man. Yeah, we got our lunch boxes and everything. We're gonna go right to yeah, perfect. <laughs> I remember the plan now. I remember the plan. Yeah, after we tell you. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, hey, nice to chat with you about this fights. We will um I will see you on Tuesday night. You guys hit the subscribe Good. button, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play. Let's try and get our audios up too. So if you follow us on YouTube, please hit up all the audio platforms as well. Hit that thumbs up on the YouTube that shares our videos to everyone else. And uh, let's uh, let everybody else, else know that uh, you enjoyed our videos. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to us. And please share our stuff as much as possible. We appreciate you and thank you. We're out. Truly appreciate almost at 60,000 subscriptions. Yeah. Keep going.